What's up, Seacasters, and welcome to Yo Balance Code. In this podcast, we'll be talking everything to do with health, fitness, well-being, and the power of your thoughts in the mind. So listen up, tune in, and let's go together. What's up, Seacasters? So I'm currently filming this intro a few weeks after Andrew and I filmed the podcast you're about to listen to. And I'm currently in day one of lockdown in my in my city where I'm at. Look, I'm not happy about it, but we are dealing with it. And if you guys follow me on my social media, you would know that I have been speaking about how I'm feeling throughout this crisis, I guess, and how it's completely normal to deal with these emotions, but also kind of acknowledge that you can utilize this time to be as effective as possible in a different way. So usually I'm someone who I personally like to be very effective by movement. But through this process, I've acknowledged that I can be effective through slowing down and actually either focusing on my business, um, focusing on personal growth, personal development through meditation, listening to podcasts. Sometimes the best way of moving forward is actually going backwards a little bit and working from within. So for all my entrepreneurs out there, I did feel as though it was a good time to release this episode, whether you're wanting to grow your social media platform for your business, for personal use. I interview Andrew, who is known as Andrew Schmidtness on TikTok and um, Instagram. So Andrew only started his TikTok platform a few months ago, and he has already reached half a million followers, which is honestly so amazing and so hard to do within this day and age. Andrew shares his tips on how he grew his platform so quickly. He talks about algorithm and he talks about posting schedules. What I really like about Andrew is he put a lot of clarity on it and it was just really easy to understand. So I hope you guys do like this episode. I just had to clean up dog poo before I started this, so we're at the same we're all, just, we're all doing something, right? <laughs> yeah, I know. Literally, I woke up to like three dog poos and two pisses. It was great. <laughs> so That's... then it is it is 8.30 where you are, correct? Yes. Okay, cool. All yeah, right. so, 8.30 a.m. It worked out well because um, my stepson literally just walked out the door to go to school. And, like, he's obsessed with TikTok, uh-huh. So he just wanted to come here and say hey. Yeah. He was like, I want to say hey. Yeah. Like, he's obsessed. They are at that age. He's 10. So, like, TikTok's their life. Nice. Yeah. That's crazy. See, I didn't even really have, like, a uh, phone or anything, like a, like a smartphone, you know, until, like, middle school, which is, you know, like, seventh, eighth grade. So we're probably, like, 14, you know? So yeah. I honestly was... It's, it's crazy now that these kids are like subjected to this social media at such a young age. And it's interesting to see like, I mean, actually, I, I think we might have discussed this before how now like the number one uh, job that kids want to have is a YouTuber. I know. It's crazy. It's, it is. It's, it's, it's insane how they're just subjected to this different material at a younger age than we were. I know. And was. like speak, speaking to Caden, when I, when I say, how would you, um, what would you like with your social platforms? You know, what, what do you want to create? He's like, I don't know, videos. I just want to make money off it. And what they're not understanding at this age is in order to make money off a platform, you need to be giving some kind of value or purpose. And as they get older, they can definitely start to acknowledge this. But at this age, they just see it as something that's fun and creative, which it definitely is. And I feel like that's what we have been lacking in schools is the creativity. Um, and this is why a lot of kids getting drawn to being a YouTuber or 
to being a TikToker for the sheer fact of it's it's just a creative space. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, they don't really support that too much in schools. And, yeah, it's just about kind of um, educating them that, yes, you can be creative, but you've also got to have, like, a purpose. Like, yes, you can make videos, Caden, but also how you how are you going to bring value to your audience? And that's what I do think it comes down to. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, you're completely correct. It's like the whole education system. And I don't, I can't necessarily say maybe it's a good or a bad thing, but you know, there's just so many children that have to go through it that they just have created this way to kind of streamline, uh, you know, the, the kids to just fall into place. Right. So just go into like this rhythm and just, um, you know, get their education and get into the world and move on. So what social media has really given is the ability for these kids to realize that, okay, maybe actually I can create my own, my own image or my own brand or whatever that might be. Literally be able to create your own reality rather than just having to do what you've been taught. And unfortunately, sometimes what we've been taught and shown in schools isn't what we want to be doing. No. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, <laughs> anyway, anyway, Ccasters, we have got straight in to the podcast. We're kind of just having a little chat, but hi, how are we guys? So today we have Andrew on and I wanted to bring Andrew on this episode to talk about something that I have been um, getting asked a lot about on my Instagram and on my YouTube is algorithm and also how to grow your socials. So Andrew, I wanted to bring you on today's episode. And firstly, I want you to talk about your social media. So how long you've been doing it, um, your huge spike of growth with TikTok and just kind of start at why you started. Sure. Yeah. Okay. So um, I started approximately, let's see, oops, uh, back in probably December is actually when I posted my first TikTok video. And what I do for anybody that doesn't know is fitness, just like fitness related content. I do fitness humor is uh, the category of fitness that I fall into. And I chose humor because I realized, because right now I'm, I'm a uh, senior in college, And I realized, okay, I didn't really want a nine to five. So what did I want to do? Well, I have always wanted, or I've always enjoyed working out. So I was like, okay, how, is there any way that I can make fitness um, a job essentially? That's what really my dream is. is just. And you didn't want to what, become like a PT and you didn't really want to sell things programs online. I did personal training uh, at my local gym for a little while, but I didn't really want to, uh, I didn't want to do yeah, I, I wasn't, so I'm studying marketing and I wasn't yeah. too interested in just like a nine to five marketing job. And I really didn't want to do, like you said, like the whole fitness job, like PT. I kind of yeah. wanted to do more of like what my role models did, you know, like some of the people that I watched growing up on social media, like Callum Von Moger was a very large inspiration for me. I believe mm-hmm. he's Australian. And so I just like, I wanted to take on the social media side of fitness. So then I kind of, after coming to that realization, I asked myself, okay, how can I grow as quick as possible? Because I was already 20 at the time and I just turned 21. So I realized, okay, there's all these 17, 18, 19 year olds with already pretty substantial followings. 
And if I'm going to be able to compete, I need to grow my following at like a very rapid pace. Mm. And comedy is really the most viewed category in all of social media or all of entertainment, really. Mm. So, okay, I said, well, I'm sure there's a lot of people already doing like fitness comedy. And then I, so I downloaded TikTok, started looking at it and I realized, no, there was actually a pretty uh, substantial sized hole that could be filled in mm. the fitness comedy sub niche. Mm. So then I started kind of uh, developing a formula. Okay, what really worked? Because it's like the most algorithmic based app that there is at the moment. TikTok. So, yeah, TikTok. Mm. So unless you're following like these certain guidelines, your videos really aren't going to get pushed out the way that uh, maybe your favorite content creators videos will. So that took me about six months to really develop that formula. And then what I found, well, I guess I'll, for anybody, for developing your own formula, I mean, of course, it's going to be unique for each individual. But what I found what worked for me was kind of just this back and forth funny dialogue between me and my lifting partner. Because what that is able to do is keep the audience uh, you know, very engaged and then. So when you're, when you're saying formula, you're meaning the type of content you're producing. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. Popular uh, content creators on the platform. A lot of their, a lot of their um, videos are very similar. Like, yeah, sure. You know, the topic might be a little bit different or they might change this or that, but all around it's because it's also such a trend focused app. TikTok is everything is just about the same in one way or another it, which is yeah. kind of which is kind of strange and i think why maybe tiktok catches a little bit of flack is because maybe it's not like youtube where everybody goes and puts all of their their, their own creative twists on a lot of things if you were to scroll through the for you page on tiktok you'll realize that it's a all lot very of similar it's like the trending songs the trending challenges and that's kind of like what TikTok wants to push and promote. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's kind of, so that's, that's what took me a while to understand. And I think that that's what takes a lot of people uh, a substantial amount of time to understand on the TikTok platform is that it's not necessarily like Instagram or even YouTube in the sense that each person has to develop their own individual take on things. It's really, okay, how can I put my just slight twist on this trend? Or how can I put like, just a slight twist on, on uh, something that already works, really? Yeah. It, it's, is, it's so I, true, though. It's so true. I'll say something trending, but a couple or an individual has put something slightly different on it and has put a bit of humour onto it. And it mm -hmm. just, I'm instantly like, oh, that's so funny. One, because I'm familiar with this trend, but two, because they've switched it up. So it kind of like signals something like, oh, like familiar, like I'm familiar with this and, oh, this is funny. And that's when I kind of get engaged with it. So it really does make sense. Like I'm talking from my own perspective here and like I am a consumer. So it does, it makes complete sense. Right. Yeah. It's very easy for, for people to understand something that they already are very like well associated with. And I think that that's something that TikTok understands really well. So they're able to have their create their content creators create a ton of uh, like entertaining, engaging content that they can release to 
thousands or you know millions of view viewers across the globe and have mm -hmm. everybody have a mutual understanding of that kind of content so yeah to kind of give clarity on this when it comes down to things like reels and tiktok it's kind of like you need to be working with the algorithm of, that they have created itself. So yeah. you've you've said that one of the um, algorithm ways is to create content that is trending. So whether that is a trending challenge, trending dance, trending song, um, is there like anything to do with timing, like timing of post or, um, you know, how you have to reply to your comments? Is there anything else that people can use? Yeah, absolutely. So my, and, and I would suggest anybody that's trying to get into the social media space to kind of, once again, develop what works for them. But my whole, uh, you know, really just what I did at the very beginning was daily gym humor at noon. Every day at noon, I'd post it. Every day at noon, I post my, my one, you know, one minute bit or whatever. And I just kept it to one time a day. Some content creators like to push uh, you know, a bunch of content multiple times a day, but I kind of really like to put all my energy into that one piece of content. So I noticed at noon, I think that the algorithm kind of liked it because it could count on that content creator or me at the, you know, for example, to come out with that piece of content every day at that specific time. So I noticed that when I would post every day at noon for about a week straight, my numbers would spike up at noon and I would oh, get that. Wow. So mm -hmm. they like the consistency because they can rely on you. That, that, that's my theory. Yeah. Yeah. No well, one really knows. Exactly. Yeah. No one knows, but obviously it's working for you. And well, that's, now, that's good evidence. Yeah. It, it, well, it was. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, and I don't know, I'm still, you know, figuring everything out. I think that's just what we're all doing. Um, my views have been slightly down recently. And I think that that's kind of partially because I have uh, been kind of changing my content style. Like in the beginning, uh, when I had my first just massive boom of growth back in June, it was because of a very, uh, like popular Olivia Rodrigo song or Rodri one of her songs yeah. it was like it was popular on the app at the time. And I would use these trending audios quite often, but then, you know, cause I would try and post every day, I would have to go through my for you page and find new audios. So then recently, because there's only so many trending audios, I have to kind of either pull my own original audios or maybe audios that aren't used as much. And I think, because of that, my views have gone down because it's less of that kind of trendy material. Mm. I feel like, though, that definitely is inevitable um, with social media. It's kind of cool because you're talking from a perspective where you've only been at it for a few months. I'm talking from a perspective where I've been at it for four to five years. And you definitely do go through waves. You go through waves where your stuff is trending, where you're getting more engagement, more likes, and then you'll go through that wave. Um, for me, I'm definitely currently going through the wave of getting shadow banged with Instagram. Unsure why. Look, if you know anything about shadow banging and can give me tips, <laughs> that that know how help. to get out of it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, how to get in it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the thing is, um, like I've said, 
I've been doing it for the past four years. There's times where I will get shadow banked and then um, times where I'll get out of that. And within my times that I get shadow banked, I kind of use this to really reassess and um, actually get a bit of clarity in what is working, what isn't, and have a bit of trial and error. So every time I have been shadow banked or my engagement goes down, a big spike usually comes at the end of that because I use this time to make change. So like you said, you figured out what worked for you a few months ago. Maybe it's time to reassess, sit back, change it up. Because what I also notice is our attention span is so short. So if you are giving the people something new, they get bored. And I am talking um, from a YouTube perspective in that sense. Look, I'm not big with TikTok. I'm not that great at reels. Um, but I'm talking from a YouTube perspective. And this, the same consumers who watch YouTube are the ones who watch you, um, TikTok and reels. So they, they do. They get bored with the same type of content. So maybe within this time, it's when you reassess and you have that trial and error you change it up a bit, you post different things. Like for me right now, um, I, I'm like testing it out with my reels and things that really do work are ones with my partner. So I am using and abusing Joel at the moment with my reels. <laughs> Look, we love it. We have fun, but yeah. it's what's trending right now. People love seeing partners get dressed up. So I'm like, babe, Lego, let's get in the camera. Like, and it's okay to test stuff out to kind of figure out what works. And yeah, like I said, within the YouTube industry, you definitely do need to have your niche, but you need to switch it up. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's actually something that I am going into, pro I mean, within the next couple of days, like I have a plan, you know, just like we're talking about, you kind of take a step back, everything kind of slows down a little bit. It gives you a second to breathe and really reassess, like you said, okay, what works, what doesn't, and how can I move forward? Because mm. I really try my best to run my social medias or you know, primarily my social medias as a business. Yeah. And I figure if I can take you know, that personal nature of how well or how bad you're, you know, how good or how bad you're doing when it comes to views out of the equation, then you can make more rational decisions and get back on track faster, you know, because it really is an emotional thing. And I think that that's what a lot of people don't understand going into it. Like people don't realize that, you know, well, I guess, okay, maybe, maybe people might realize it, but they haven't actually felt what it feels like to put three, four hours into a video and have it get, you flop. know, 50,000 views. Yeah, flop. Yeah. Just yeah. whatever that might mean for the individual, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, 100%. And um, especially coming from like a woman's perspective, it can be extremely emotional in the sense where you compare yourself to um, people who are in the same category as you. And, you know, you may be posting similar content and theirs is going really well and yours isn't. So I do love that you said you need to look at it as a more of a business strategy perspective rather than getting too emotional about it. Like, okay, cool, this didn't work for my job, let's try this, mm -hmm. you know, and not to get so upset and beat yourself up about it. So on this topic about um, social media and business, um, how do you make money with social media? 
Well, I'm still fairly new to the whole like social media scene. So when it comes to, you know, uh, my ability to monetize, it's steadily growing. I will say that uh, there was periods when I was really getting a lot of traction on TikTok when that was my primary, primary source of income. But now that my views have slowed down and I can't rely on that as much, that's also given me the ability to really develop um, my, my personal branding. Like I have yeah. my dice and then program sales as well as online coaching. So that's actually probably been um, kind of a blessing in disguise when it comes to my my uh, slowed growth on TikTok is it's really given me the ability to focus on the whole back end of the business, you know, what people don't necessarily see. And, yeah. and I've been getting really good at um, developing like really solid relationships with a lot of my uh, audience, which has been really nice because that's, you know, you can't, nobody on social media can do it without their, uh, you know, their audience. audience. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And this is when anyone ever says to me, how did you grow your platform? And how can I, you know, how can I grow my platform? And I say, I've never actually produced content when starting up my social media. I never produced the content to grow my platform. I produced the content for my already audience. Mm-hmm. So I made sure that the audience that I did have, I would connect with, I would constantly focus on and produce content for and naturally it just started to grow like that and I think that is a really important um, topic is the fact that it's not just about the growth and getting more followers sometimes it's about just pleasing your already followers yeah absolutely I mean your most valuable uh, yeah right so because those people that are following you have proven, you know, their loyalty. They do it. They do like you. And it's really important to focus on those people instead of, like you said, instead of always kind of just venturing out and trying to gather a new audience. Like just the other day um, we wrote, because like I said, you can't do anything without your audience. So we wrote up a program, me and my uh, training partner and just launched a free program, like first 500 programs, to you know be downloaded just go after it you know because because those are really the people that are supporting you you know and if you're like we give them or so we offer free uh free value through the media that we create but also there's there's areas where we can offer even more value to our audiences as well which is just as important as maybe the posts or the videos that we create as well Mm, especially when you are um looking to create a career from social media so i'll give you a really good example i'm um social media is my full-time job and that is purely because i can give a lot of free value out there and I have and I do and that is my number one focus and I've created a lot of trust in my audience and my audience know that the brands that I've worked with I've worked with for years and I generally use and love them and you can have someone who has triple the amount of followers as me Um, I'm talking from experience here Um, they can have triple the amount of followers but because they don't get on their story and their followers don't have much trust in them because they haven't really put much of a face, a voice, um, a personality to this page, 
and they could be, you know, posting brands all the time. Their audience doesn't have that trust in them, so they don't actually buy from the brands that they're posting. So that that way, that person that has half a million, um, like I said, I am talking from experience because I've known someone, they have half a million, they've actually never been able to make money off social media because the brands that they do work with don't actually benefit from them. So the brands stop it. So hence why this person has needed to be posting with so many brands because none of them are actually paying because they haven't been able to make sales from that. So sometimes it isn't just about um, getting more. It's about putting the quality content out there for your already audience and being smart with it and gaining that trust in your audience. Right. That's what I was just thinking. It's very important to have like a genuine relationship with your audience, you know, communicate with them. That was another big uh, kind of pillar that I think sparked a lot of my growth in TikTok initially is I would just try my best to respond to every single comment, you know, because making like if you're giving good, valuable content to your audience, a lot of the responses are going to be good. You know, like, of course, there's always going to be bad uh like comments or whatever feedback i guess but i think if your audience really feels like you're putting everything you can into whatever you're giving them they're gonna typically respond in a pretty good manner and i think that's really important to have a good genuine relationship with with your audience so at what point with your social media um did you start to be like okay I want to either reach out to brands or start to actually work with people. So Andrew is actually another athlete with EHP. So did you reach out to EHP or how did your sponsorship work? So actually EHP reached out to me when I was fairly small on Instagram. So I probably had about 250 or 300,000 followers on TikTok at the time, but my Instagram probably only had around 10,000. Yeah. And the EHP management team reached out to me and said, hey, uh, and just kind of opened the dialogue, you know, of, of working with a company, of kind of working with a supplement company. And that's always been a longtime dream of mine. Like I said, you know, when I would watch some of these like fitness personalities back when I was 14 or 15 years old, and it was like, wow, they're getting paid or, you know, they, they have this supplement company that is, you know, really helping them move forward in, in their yeah. career. And I was like, man, that sounds really cool. Like that sounds, that's a dream. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> For anyone yeah. that works out, that's a, that's pretty awesome. It is. It, it really is. And like, for me, um, I've, cause like I've said, I've been doing this for years when working with brands um, and either reaching out to get sponsored or, Um, just trying to create content for a brand. If you're wanting to be beneficial on your behalf and the brand's behalf, it does come down to it being authentic content and for a long period of time. And it is so important that the brand that you're working with, you connect with well, because I've worked with, you know, brands a few years ago, whether it is SUPS or really anything, and I don't fully connect with them look I love their product but I don't really connect with the brand itself the the content you produce just isn't as as great like I my partnership's working really well with EHP for the sheer fact of one yes I love their products as everyone knows like I actually reached out to EHP um 
it's been the only brand that I have ever reached out to. All my other brands um, contact me, but EHP is a brand that I have um, contacted. Uh, actually, I actually put up a story and I was asking for like a good protein for my irritable bowel syndrome. And a lot of people actually sent me through with EHP and I was the one who contacted them. And I am really, really like blown away with how they treat their athletes. And it can be something that is really hard in this space because especially with such a big company, um, if you have so many athletes, it is really, really hard to put a lot of focus and to feel important. But it's definitely something that I find EHP does. And when you are trying to find sponsorships or do anything like that, like when I first started my social media, if I wanted to work with a brand, I would buy the product and I would post. I would make sure that that brand sees me. And I feel like that is something extremely important, especially if you are someone you don't have a large following and you're starting out, um, make like make them aware of your content, produce the content. Like you need to start up rather than just messaging them, hey guys, like I'd love to, I'd love to work with them. I would love to collab. It's about making that brand or someone you want to work with make them notice you, whether that is really talking highly about their products or buying yeah. their products and posting photos of it. You don't need to be sponsored to be do, like to start up and do that. Yeah, I would say absolutely. It's the same way, uh, you know, that you have to offer free con or free value to your audience. Uh, offering this free value to brands as well can definitely get you recognized. Now, I will say from some personal experience nowadays, um, and I don't know, I guess this is probably both, for men and women, but I see a lot of young men that might wear like a certain brand or it primarily clothing. Yes. Uh, you wear a certain brand and take pictures all the time, you know, in that clothing. And then I think that there is a certain level though, that it's kind of like, what's the point of being sponsored if you're already offering all of this free value for the company without having to have a sponsorship? Mm -hmm. so that's actually a reason why I decided that I kind of wanted to create my own merchandise as one to represent me and I, I wanted to I've always been um, interested in the idea of creating clothing but before I even did TikTok I was like okay maybe it might be kind of cool to do like a athletic apparel company you know that'd be cool but I realized it would be more easier for me to brand myself than it would to brand an entire company and start a company so that's kind of what also fed me into TikTok but I guess what I'm getting at is at the end of the day you do want to you know have value in yourself so almost don't give away too much I think right. that comes down to knowing your self-worth and acknowledging that you can reassess. So for me, if I've ever posted a brand without working with them and they have contacted me and they wanted to send me a few things, after a period of time, they now know my worth. They know how good my content can be and how consistent I can be. That's when I actually reach out to them and say, like, they will be like, hey, can you post a story? And I'm like, Yes, look, thank you so much for what you've done with me so far. Um, 
if you are interested in working together and me to continue to create content, I'm happy to send through my rates card. Like that's mm-hmm. when you need to know that it's fine to reassess and also know your self-worth because that is something that I um, did do at the start of my social media when trying to find certain brands is I would show them what I can do. When I stop doing it, they've actually reached out to me and that's when I've kind of said, hey, here's my rates card. Because at the end of the day, social media is a business for some people. Like, And I, th- I feel like a lot of people still don't realise that. Like if I post sponsored YouTube videos, I will give value within that video and, yes, I'll have um, it be sponsored at the end. And that's because, like, I'm sorry, but, like, your likes don't pay my rent. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, the likes don't pay. And, as yeah, it really does come down to, obviously, um, my sponsorships work because my audience really trusts me and the brands that I work with. But, yeah, there's a lot of people out there who just think that, oh, here we go, another sponsored content. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, yes, this is this is my job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, you know, like you said, it's all about finding that like perfect balance, you know, offering offering value, but knowing your own value at the same time. Of course, all day. I mean, if you really genuinely love a product and it's you're just posting about it because, you know, you want other people to get that same joy that you have when you use it. I think that that's awesome. I think, you know, that's great. It's just about finding that balance. Okay. Do I, I I love this product. You know, I want to post it about it, but I also know, you know, what I'm worth as like a social media, uh, maybe influencer or whatever, and realizing that, okay, I can post about this all the time, but also it would be kind of nice, like you said, to, you know, be able to pay the bills. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, exactly. and, and it's also a completely different take on, you know, that maybe whether it's a clothing company or supplement company, when you're actually working with them. Like you said, uh, EHP has been like a very cool, like wonderful company to work with. And I felt that same, I felt that same feeling. It's pretty cool because, you know, it's almost like when you're working with these companies, you're part of a team. You know, exactly. and everybody, it's like, sure, they might be a company and you in your own sense might be a company, but now you're okay. You're coming together to create this like mutually beneficial um, service for both of you. Exactly. Yeah. And at the end of the day, when you're working either with a team or with a partner, um, everything just excels compared to just working um, individually because you can put two brains, two thoughts, like, or many thoughts together. And that's when you either a create content that people want to see, create the recipes, or you create certain stories that people want to hear because um, you're putting other people's perspective and opinions into what you are about to create rather than just your own. So that is, it is very, very true. Yeah. And it can be very difficult, uh, especially starting out on social media because I mean, it's, it's, you're just, it's just you at, mm-hmm. at certain times. It depends. Thankfully, I've been having the ability to work with uh, a Good very close partner. friend of mine as well as mm-hmm. a lifting partner, which has helped me immensely. Um, but for a lot of people on social media, it's just them and they have to figure out, you know, they have to solve the problems on their own. They have to figure out how they're going to, uh, you know, monetize, create content. There's just all these different factors that they have to solve alone. So when they're able to finally work with a company that supplies them. Oh, it's the so team, satisfying. Yeah, it, it really is. 
yeah, the the first three years of starting my uh, my social media was actually was kind of a time where I was healing, I guess. I was healing and I took a lot of alone time and I used social media as my little outlet and it was a way that I could feel happy while still being alone. And, yeah, that would have, like, them three years were fucking lonely. <laughs> but <laughs> it honestly, like, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trade it in for the world because it got me to a point mentally where I am just so myself and I'm so content and I'm now happy with a family. But it did take them three years of being alone and, you know, hustling and finding myself. And like, like you said, I didn't work with many brands back then. So now that I am working with brands and I have a business partner, it is so amazing to have that connection, but it does come in little milestones. Like Mm -hmm. I didn't get that straight away. And at the first few years of my social media, it was really just about giving that free value. And also knowing my worth, because I did definitely get little jobs here and there, and I always knew my worth. But because I started with knowing my worth, I never just worked with brands that weren't aligned with me. Even though I needed the money, I always would think about the future and my audience. So yes, I needed the money, but I didn't I didn't believe in this brand. I don't use this brand. And yes, this may benefit me now but this will affect me in the long run and the trust with my audience. And that is something that I've always been true to. And I'm extremely proud of it because it has got me to the point that I am at today. So that is something that I would 100% recommend if you are wanting it to create a business with social media is to think more about the future. Quick money isn't worth it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, just like you said, it took you, you know, three years to get into this position where you are today. And that's, that's something that I found to be very unique about social media is that there's not really any jobs that you could be grinding, you know, 10, 12 hours a day and be making like little to no money for Mm. all that work that you put in. But but that also on the other side, you know, on the flip side of it all is it offers the ability to scale like regular jobs don't, you know, sure, you know, at the beginning, you might be putting in these 10, 12, even like 14 hour days, just really a lot of hours into your Mm. business with very little in return. Mm. But then down the line, maybe you, you know, could be, it just, like I said, it's just a business, you know, so if you're able to really grow your business and put a lot of time into it, it might not be paying out in the beginning, but later down the line, it has the ability Mm. to become lucrative hopefully (laughs) I'm pretty early on so that's what I'm telling myself (laughs) yeah no exactly um I think that is really important as well for people to understand that they will fail they will fail and I failed many times and to not let that make you feel like you're going to fail at this because like you said you can scale Um, your business, it's endless with social media. With some nine-to-five jobs, not so much. Um, You just need to put in the work, find what works, and for some people, just fucking start. Because, (laughs) yeah, just start. You will fail. I failed. Don't fear failure. Failure Mm. is a tool for you to find what doesn't work so then you can try something different. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's something that I tell myself on a daily basis is the only way that I fail is if I quit or if I stop. If you exactly. stop content, yeah. then I mean, people, unfortunately, nowadays, well, they'll just move on. You know, they'll find someone that will make the content, you know, so unless you're willing to compete against everybody else in the space and put in as much time as you can, as much energy as you can and don't stop, um, then you're going to. Yes. Yeah. But if you do it, then you won't. The only way you'll fail is if you quit. If you quit. Exactly. Um, So my last question for you, Andrew, is everyone that comes on to my podcast, I ask them, what does your balance mean to you so what does balance mean to you in the sense of social media and the sense of living your life really Mm, okay interesting so kind of so you're asking how do you balance like this kind of virtual world versus real life yeah okay that's a good question (laughs) and that's something that i'm still really trying to figure out because i'm so new to it all um, you know, I only have like 80 posts on my Instagram, which is kind of crazy and I'm really putting in the work. So that's something, like I said, I'm still just trying to figure out because I am putting a lot of time over into this and I don't really have a whole lot of like my life, um, you know, is, I don't know, kind of on the back burner <laughs> at this moment at, in time, because I am spending so much time trying to create content you know, uh, and sometimes I, that's what's necessary. And I love that. I love that you can voice that because sometimes your balance is about putting in the energy and the work to what you want to grow. And then once that's at a point where you're happy with, put it somewhere else. That's yeah, that's and that's kind of where I'm at. I, I figure, you know, OK, I just need to keep going, keep going. Don't stop uh, for honestly the next two or three years, I think I need to pretty much keep doing exactly what I'm doing. But you know, it, this is for every job too. You know, this is a realization that a lot of people don't, I think, have until that they're, until they're thrown into like the workforce is that if they really want to be successful, they have to be willing to put in 12, 13, 14 hours a day for possibly years on end, you know, and almost put their life on hold to start their career. And it's a really, like, it can be challenging and it's difficult. Absolutely. But everybody makes sacrifices. You get to, you get to choose your sacrifices. I love that because it's so true. Like that is your balance right now. And that is why I always ask this question um, in my podcast is because your balance is maybe completely different to what another person needs at that moment in time, what you need at this time and what you want is something that you're grinding for. So that is your balance. You're happy to do this. And you acknowledge that, okay, this area is sacrificing for this amount of time because this is where I want my energy because this is what I want to grow. And that is your balance. And that is completely fine. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if you believe that you can actually do it, like that's where a lot of my motivation comes from. Like I just believe that I actually can succeed if I put in the time because I've proven my to proven to myself whether it's you know through maybe like views or growing the little following I have now I, I've realized that I can do it I just have to keep doing it and just exactly. not stop and you know like I just realized what I want to achieve and um 
I've told myself that I'm pretty much willing to do whatever it takes to achieve that. And uh, I'm, I'm doing it. <laughs> Boom. I love that. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrew, for coming on Yo Balance Co. I hope our listeners liked this episode. Um, where can everyone find you? Uh, you can check me out on Instagram at andrew.schmitness or on TikTok. And I will be, yeah, just like fitness, but Schmidtness. <laughs> and then I will be coming over to YouTube shortly. So definitely be looking out for me there. Ooh. But Instagram and TikTok are my primary platforms at the moment. Yeah. We'll have to get EHP to set us up a um, YouTube collab. I think that would be a lot of fun. I'm Some still kind travel. of figuring exactly what I want to do right now, but um, I'm getting pretty close and I think it should be pretty cool. So I'm very excited. Thank you, Andrew. And thank thank you guys for tuning in. See you in my next episode. Bye.